Welcome back again to your daily Bible podcast as we continue reading through the Gospel of John. Today we are in John chapter 12, verses 12 through 19. This passage of scripture that we are going to look at today is known as the triumphant entry. It is the very beginning of Jesus' week that's known as the Passion Week, the most covered week of Jesus' ministry, covered in all four of the Gospels. In fact, his activity on each day is recorded in detail. This day, known as Palm Sunday, the the day that Jesus enters into the city of Jerusalem, is an incredibly important story that kicks off the week, the Holy Week, the week that leads to Jesus' crucifixion and ends in Jesus' resurrection. We're going to look at this week in detail as we go through the Gospel of John and I really want you to notice just how intentional now Jesus is in every movement and in everything that he does and he says. He's always been intentional, but it just seems to be on another level in this final week of Jesus's life. And I want you to compare Jesus's activity here to just the few weeks leading up to this. Remember, Prior to this, as Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he has been out in the area called Ephraim laying low because there is a warrant for his arrest, and so he has not been publicly ministering. And now he's entered back into the city of Bethany, the place that he raised Lazarus from the dead. Jews have made the two-mile trip out to Bethany to see Jesus once again. And now, on this Sunday, Palm Sunday, Jesus is going to begin his journey towards the city of Jerusalem for the Passover festival. And that's where we pick up in verse 12. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Now, What are they saying here? Hosanna, save us, Savior. They are declaring Jesus, and they they don't pull any punches. Blessed is the King of Israel. They are declaring that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the King, that he comes in God's name, that he is their Savior, that he is the one coming to liberate them. Verse 14. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. You're going to see John do this all the way throughout this week. He's referencing the prophecies that Jesus is fulfilling with his actions. So it was prophesied that the Messiah would enter in, the king would enter in, seated on a donkey. And here's Jesus riding into the city on a donkey. Verse 16, At first, his disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Verse 17, Now the crowd was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead. And they continued to spread the word. Okay, so one of the things we find out about this crowd is they're traveling with Jesus from Bethany. Many of these people are people who actually physically saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. They were amongst that large group of people that said had gone out from the city of Jerusalem to Bethany to grieve, to mourn with Mary and Martha. Now, 
They are the people with Jesus shouting these things. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. And they're going around the city, grabbing people and saying, you got to come. The Messiah is coming into the city. They are testifying of what they saw with their own eyes when Lazarus came out of that tomb. Verse 18, many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. Again, the raising of Lazarus from the dead is unbelievably critical because it was so public and it was so close to Jerusalem. So as the um, religious leaders have been spreading this narrative that Jesus is this bad guy, that he's a blasphemer, this huge miracle happens that really is challenging the public on how they feel about Jesus. And so now they've come out to see him and they're shouting things like, here comes the king. This is an incredibly important moment as Jesus really for the first time is allowing this kind of spectacle, this kind of crowd, this kind of activity to take place. Think back when Jesus fed the 5,000 and the crowd wanted to make him king by force. He retreated away into the countryside by himself. Now, here's a parade that Jesus is the star of, riding on a donkey as they lay palm branches in front of him, as they shout that he's the king. In another gospel, the they tell him, Jesus, stop your disciples from saying this crazy stuff. And Jesus says, if I stop them, even the rocks themselves will cry out. Remember the theme that has started at the very beginning of John, that Jesus' time had not yet come. Well, guess what? Jesus' time has now come, and everything is different. So Jesus enters into the city to the cries of people saying, save us, save us. Verse 19, so the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. See, the Pharisees now realize that their methods, their tactics are not working. And the longer that Jesus lives, the more the crowd is going to begin to turn towards him because of his ability to perform such amazing, unquestionable miracles. So they know now they have to come up with a different plan. They've got to move quicker on the plan that they have set forward to take Jesus's life. One of the interesting things you're going to learn about the crowd, however, though, is they were not looking for Jesus to come and be their spiritual savior and their spiritual Messiah. They were crying out for Jesus to save them because their plans were that Jesus would march into the city. He would ride that donkey up to Caesar's palace up to where Pontius Pilate is seated with his army, that he would lead a rebellion, that he would throw out the Romans, setting the city of Jerusalem free and the nation of Israel free from Roman bondage, that he would sit down on the throne of his ancestor David, and that he would usher in this kingdom, the kingdom that would never end, the kingdom that would be the envy of all of the nations, the kingdom kingdom that God had promised they thought was a physical kingdom. And so they were expecting a military leader to come like David and lead them to freedom. Except when Jesus enters the city, he's not going to ride up to the seat where the Romans are sitting. He's going to go instead back to the temple. And once again, he's going to turn over the tables of the money changers and chase them out. 
He's going to talk about destroying the temple and in three days rebuilding the temple. He's going to talk about how the Messiah must die. And this crowd that today was shouting, Here comes the king! Blessed is the king! In just a handful of days we'll be shouting, Crucify him! I think so often for us when we experience disappointment, when we don't feel like God is doing what he's supposed to do, this can happen to us too. We can harden our hearts towards God because we feel like we know exactly what God was supposed to do in a situation and you feel like God has let you down by not meeting your expectation. So we harden our hearts. But the truth is, Jesus was doing something far bigger and far greater and far more magnificent than any of them could have ever imagined. But because he didn't do it the way they thought he should, they harden themselves towards him. My prayer for you today, friends, is that you would trust Jesus no matter what you're facing in your life, no matter what hurt and heartbreak you've experienced, that you would trust and know that God is in control and that he truly is working all things together for the good for those who are in Christ Jesus and called according to his purposes. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray that as we enter into this final week of your life in the Gospel of John, that your Holy Spirit would speak to us through your word, that we would see, God, your desire for us, that we would see the amazing plan that the Father had for your life, and that we would see how that applies to us as we live our lives today. I pray that we would trust you, put our faith in you alone. In Jesus' name, amen.